0: Run at it, shouting! Do as he says.
1: Run at it, shouting. Yes. Right, let's get down to the business okay. in hand. Let's talk to okay. Miss Manville.
0: Thanks everyone for, for coming. Welcome to Run at it, it's shouting. This is an extra special event because we've got Leslie Manville here. I mean, personally, I'm not just saying this because she's on. She is my absolute favorite actress out there.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: I remember seeing you in All or Nothing, right, when you played Penny. And there's moments in that that I can just picture right now, and immediately I'm some like it fills me with emotion. It's it's just amazing. And I love your work. And this. this is my late mother's company that I've reformed, and I am so elated to have you on. I just can't tell you. So thank you, and look, thanks Julia because without you, obviously, it wouldn't have happened. And look, everyone, what we're going to do? I'm going to pass over to Julia. She she was my teacher at, at drama school many moons ago. My my favorite as well. I uh, we we always got along very well, and she's been doing some weekly sessions. Um, Forerun it, it's shouting. And um, today um, we're going to go over to Julia and Leslie for a discussion. And then there might be time to open it up at the end for, a, for an open QA. So without further ado, let's pass over to you because that's why everyone's here. I'll shut my big mouth.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Charlie, love. Thank you. Speak of you. So he's just spoken. So um so hello, yes, welcome. Uh, I don't know why this isn't working, because I'm talking and I'm still looking at everybody else.
0: So if you just go on to gallery view, Julia, or, or even better, pin Leslie might be might work. There
3: we go.
1: Yeah, okay. why don't you pin Leslie?
3: There she is. Oh, come on. Put the hand on Leslie. <laughs> right,
1: okay, fantastic. So welcome. Um so I'm starting with the fact that it's Leslie Manville, CBE. I only just found that out. I thought she was an OBE, but since she never tells me anything. It's (laughs) not surprising if I'm not caught up, is it? But um, that's actually pretty wonderful. And, uh, you know, was that the services to drama or to theatre? How do they frame it, Leslie?
4: Drama, services to drama,
1: yeah. And when you went to the palace this time,
3: who honoured you? I
4: haven't been yet, because I only... I got my CBE this new year, and um, there's always a delay of about five months before you actually get to go to the palace, but they haven't done any inaugurations since March, so...
1: But I, okay, I the understand. first time, the first time, who <laughs> honoured you? William. Wow, that was, that, was, that was quite nice. Was that quite nice? Well, he was absolutely
4: charming. I mean, Christ, it's hard work. It's two or three hours, and he does about 80 people and he really had done his homework um, um yeah so he was absolutely charming
1: yeah he'd done his homework that's good yeah that is good so um am i allowed to ask who who you went to the palace with
4: i took my two sisters and my son your have three, guests.
1: it's three i thought it was two so i thought you might take one of your sisters and probably alfie too so that was really a lovely occasion
4: Yeah, it was really lovely, really, really lovely. I mean, we we giggled all the time and, you know, we went, we went to, the first thing we did when we got there was go to the loo and take a selfie in the
1: toilet.
2: (laughs) It's all good, it's all good.
5: It's all
1: good fun. Can't start uh, with you without referencing your stage work, which I think is phenomenal incredible not say your film work isn't but I've never in everything I've seen you in and it's a long list I've never left the theater without feeling completely filled up and felt that I've been able to watch a complete character's trajectory through the storyline with such vocal and physical authority just super work and if any of you people watching haven't seen let's see in the theatre, you've just seen the films you need to get there any opportunity you have because it's a masterclass mm. it's an absolute masterclass um, I do remember I think uh, we, 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 we talked a lot about not taking the work home with you mm. and I want to talk about third person later but I think I remember you saying with grief at the National that you were starting to take it home and it had gone on for long enough
4: I think it was just that um, that the play we I felt that we'd done the play enough and we did it in quite solid chunks as opposed to in repertoire which you do at the National. But then having said that, you know, I did sixteen weeks of Long Day's Journey in tonight in the West End and then took it to America. So um, I think I think because grief was um, I think grief was about ten years ago now eight eight, 10 years ago. Um, and I think it was the first really, um, it wasn't my first leading role on stage, but it was the first leading role on stage that really cost me, you know, that that was that was, um, that was uh, draining and, you know, somewhere, uh, it took me to a place where you had to go every night. And I do go there, but, I also have, I think, since then, because all I've done since then has been sort of big, epic, emotional roles playing women who are messed up in various ways. I mean, after that, I think the next major play I did was, was Ghosts, Ibsen's Ghosts, and then um, A Long Day's Journey Into Night. And so by that time, I'd kind of... Um, just uh, mastered that discipline, which was already in place. But I think, yeah, I think round about the time of, of doing grief, it was, um, it, it started to just, it wasn't so much that I took the pain of it home. Um, I mean, it's a terrible, it's a terrible, tragic ending. It's about a woman coming to terms with not only the loss of what she feels has been her life, um, but also she ends up losing her daughter at the end of the play and the play just leaves you with this sort of gut-wrenching scream which you see off, you don't witness it she, when she discovers her daughter dead. Um, and so I, I think that, yeah, it did, it, it probably did begin to get to me a little bit, but I've mastered that now and it doesn't. I come off and it's absolutely done. But it doesn't mean for one nanosecond that when I'm on the stage doing it, that I'm not there in it. And I'm sure that's that discipline. I think having talked about this so much now over the, over the last 10 years, particularly, which has been the time I've predominantly had to do things like this, um, but usually with press, um, is that, uh, uh, oh God, I've lost track of what I was saying then now. Um, what was I saying, Julia? You I- said
3: that you that you've mastered leaving it that you're in it totally at the time.
4: Yes, oh yes, and I think it's a tri- I think it's a trip. thank you, Corey. I think it's tri- attributed to to my work with Mike Lee, which went back to when I was in my twenties. Because you know, however much uh, you are in character with him, and you really are, you spend months and months creating the characters before you even open your mouth, Um, and then it's all done. So you all know. You probably watch the Q and A with Mike, and you know I don't need to tell any of you probably how he works. You know, but he also has this very strict discipline that you know, when you're doing the improvisations, when you're structuring a film or a play with him. Um, You've got to have your own Leslie antennae on the go, because when the improvisation ends, he will talk to everybody individually um, about what was going on, what the character was thinking, why why this, why that. So you've got to be quite uh, beady. And so that discipline of going in and out of character, however extreme that character is, that when you come out of it, you're out of it. And I'm very grateful for that, because I've worked with lots of actors who, who find it hard to uh, leave it, leave it behind and go home and have a life. Um, uh, yeah, that's just dark. And it's, it, it's, I understand that some people find it difficult, but um, I couldn't function in my re- the rest of my life, and I wouldn't want to
1: function with that residue always, you know. I think that's a very important point. I mean, the way I work, I mean, I haven't changed since we worked together, but basically it's always been that sense of the third person, which a lot of actors still find very, very difficult. A lot of them still want to stay with the Stanislavski sort of I factor. Whereas I think the way Mike is working is pure Chekhov, Uh, particularly towards the end of his life where everybody used to get together and they used to improvise the physical life of the characters not a word spoken but the offstage life is paramount and Mm. I try and persuade my students here that working in the third person she never I Mm. is so that thing about Leslie and Tanner and the she is a way of emerging whole from the process
4: Mm. yeah it is and it's it's vital, I think, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not under any delusion. I mean, I've worked with some, I, I have worked with some of the world's greatest directors on stage and on film, and they all bring something very different. And I, you know, I don't ever expect the, uh, I don't ever expect one director to um, echo another director's way of working, you know, and why would you, what, what's, what joy is that for me? I, you know, the, the joy for me is to go into a, uh, a, either a rehearsal room or on a film set and um, go with the flow of that person and see what they're gonna bring to the table and see how we're gonna collaborate. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm disappointed, no two ways about it. Sometimes it's disappointing but uh, most of the time it isn't. and uh, But I, I, I do feel now that I have my way of doing things that I can quietly just get on with, uh, whatever the director I'm working with is gonna throw at me.
1: And that's very important for young actors to know, starting out, they've got to have their own way of working and it's got to be director-proof, other actor-proof. Yes, but that
6: comes with
4: time, you see, and I think it is hard for young actors because A, I, I, Christ almighty, I would not want to be starting out now. I think it's shameful and hideous that they don't get in the room to audition. I think it's shocking that they are expected to audition on their phones. Um, I mean, it's just staggering. It's appalling. Um, but. And, you know, finding your way takes time. I mean, honestly, I, I, I've been working now for over 40 years, but it's all come very slowly, and that's right. It's right that it does. It's, it's, it's like a good wine. It's like marinating a piece of meat. It comes, it, it gets full slowly. Um, and, I, 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 you know, I, I do attribute to where, where, where I am now with, with the, the history of the work that I did. And, you know, people now are under pressure. I think they feel the pressure to be famous, that they feel that, you know, they've got to be Instagramming this and tweeting that and all you know, that. It, uh, I've known actors go for auditions and be asked how many followers they've got. Oh, yeah. I'd absolutely love somebody to ask me that.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'd be
4: out of that room before you could say fuck off.
1: I really would.
4: I mean, what an appalling thing to say to somebody. What's that got to do with
1: anything? Well, it hasn't got to do with anything that you might consider work or art, but it's got everything to do with bums on seats. You know.
4: Well, but anyway, let's well, the it. hell with it. I, I, can't, I don't.
1: I uh, yeah. But just want to be at that, that meeting when that happens.
4: It, 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 I'm saying it's hard for young people because obviously they want job. They want a job, and they're going to try and do the, their best to please the people that they're, you know, zooming with or on. Um, if they're lucky, down in a room with it's. But it's very, very difficult because you really? don't get good for a long time. I don't think.
1: I think that's a wonderful thing to say, although you've been good for a very long time, sweetheart. Well, that's
4: kind of you to say, but and I true, I, I don't feel that, uh, I, I honestly think it was only about 15 years ago, or maybe 20 years ago even, that I really started to get comfortable and understand the camera in relation to um, working and, um, you know, how you play your character and then you honour the scene, the other person, people you're in the scene with, but then there's this thing. And this thing actually is the most important thing because that's the thing that's got to get it. But your relationship with that becomes very, um, uh, you, you know, you have to understand what that camera is seeing and what it's doing. And I love all of that anyway. I. I I actually know a lot about the techniques of filmmaking, and I love um, listening to directors talking about shots and how things are going to work. and uh, And I always like to know, you know, what we are going to do with the scene. You know, what, how many shots are we going to do? Is there only going to be a wide and a mid, or are they going to come in close? And you know, you you want to you want I want to know all those things so that I can uh, work out what not how i'm going to play it necessarily but just kind of sometimes the levels at which you need to play things if the camera's in close or if it's far away
1: yeah that's all that all is stuff only experience and practice experience, you absolutely. absolutely but in very important for actors to be interested in what goes on on the other side of the camera mm, and yeah. the smart ones are and they find out
4: yeah and you know they
1: know yes
4: yeah, so, i mean keep your ears peeled on a set or just keep your ears peeled and listen you know forget the gossiping which is all great but you know it's not going to get you very far just listen to
1: what all the technicians are talking about and saying. Good advice when you started out I know in your work with Mike you did a lot of specific exercises Um, do you still do any of those like the shopping thing or anything like that? Or is it now all kind of intuitive? It's all kind of absorbed. And I, for me, I think that what what I've what I have
4: had from Mike, and hopefully we'll go on having from Mike if we work together again, it, it, it's very ingrained in me now. It's 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 very um, it's almost happens by osmosis, um, but. So so I think I work mostly very privately now. I like to have I do have a lot of time on my own and you know I'd never want anybody to run my lines with me. I like doing all of that by myself. I like thinking about it. I like knowing what I'm going to do a long way ahead because then all it kind of happens without me knowing about it. But no, I have to say I haven't Gone out in character unless I've been working with Mike, because somehow I've found another way of doing it, and and also, uh, you know, you're working with different directors who have different methods and different ways of working, and you know, if you're working on television, and I, you know, I've done some great television um, work, great great writing, um, but still, there's never much time. To do television. So you've got to turn up very prepared. And I've worked with a lot of younger actors on tele series that I've done. And you know, they don't, for my money, they don't turn up prepping enough. Um, and then then they wonder why they're not getting the prizes. Well, you're not working hard enough. Turn up, make sure you know your lines. That's the starter for 10. Um, and um show that you might have thought about it a bit last night instead of just getting pissed.
1: I think that's fantastic. I mean, just I'm sorry, I'm thing. not
4: painting a bad
1: picture. You're not, sweetheart, <laughs> but I listen, I work actually, with these people. I have people. to say,
4: I do have at least 10 very good, very close friends who are all in their 20s and 30s, and I, I adore them. But my experience of quite a few younger actors who I know are ambitious and want to do well is that I, I privately want to say to them,
1: You're lazy. I just think that phrase, you're not working hard enough, is one that people should sort of put on a t-shirt because that's one of the things I'm very aware of with you. I I talk to my students about, it's one thing to be a good actor. It's quite another to be good at being an actor. And you're not only a brilliant, stunning actress, but you've always been, even when you were like pretty young, I first knew you when you were a teenager, very, very good at being an actor curious I mean, researching.
4: That, I mean, that, for me, that also comes under a heading of being a being a good person as well because a lot about being on a set and turning up to work is about being a, a decent person and respecting everybody you know on the floor. I'm always wary of actors that I see treating runners badly. I find it appalling. You know don't do that. Don't treat a runner like shit because you think well they're just the runner apart from anything else, in five years' time, they might be the bloody director. Quite right. Then you'll be laughing the other side of your face. You know, just (laughs) be be respectful to people. Everyone's there doing a job, whatever, whatever that job is.
1: Yeah, but you um, you've always had. I have to stress a phenomenal work ethic, and you've worked harder than anyone I know at being in the right place, doing the right thing, doing the homework, taking it very very seriously always. Because this kind of success which you're having doesn't arrive on someone's doorstep; it's bought and paid for every step of the way.
4: No, I, it, and I'm I'm aware of that, I, but I can't do it any other way. You know, I I. But, you know, I find that, I mean, I I know that I work faster than most people in a, re- I'm talking about plays now, primarily, you know, I do work faster than a lot of people, and I've had directors say to me, don't get frustrated, not everyone works at your pace, which I completely get, but you know, sometimes I'm 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 doing something, and you you can see the other actors thinking, "Oh Christ, I better go home and do a bit of homework tonight," because she's otherwise she's just going to run away with this scene, and you can see them thinking it. And I'm not <laughs> saying that to blow my own trumpet; I'm saying it as a because at the in the end, of course, if they're brilliant and they ho- and Mostly, I've worked with brilliant actors on stage. They do get up to speed, but come on, let's just get there quicker because why not? Let's just, let's just get this
1: going so that we can work all work out what we're doing. Right. Now, um, so many projects, honestly, Leslie, I can't, I've got a list, but it's driving me nuts. This <laughs> recent, this recent thing, um, thing, I can't remember the name of the movie, forgive me, where you, I believe, lobbied for this American part that you really wanted.
4: I didn't lobby, actually. That's oh, you didn't. Oh, that's that's didn't
1: that's work. a lie. That's a lie.
4: I've never lobbied for anything, actually.
1: I apologise deeply. I don't know where I read that or heard it. But you were so keen to do it, apparently.
4: I was keen to do it, but um, I think what I what you might have misread is that the director was, I think, had to lobby for me. Oh,
1: okay. Uh,
4: it is. It's. A, it is a, a, an American film called Let Him Go, which uh, with. Uh, Diane Lane and Kevin Costner and um, uh, the director just sent me the script and offered it to me but then um, obviously um, what what I didn't know was the battle that he'd been on to get because you know uh, it, it, there's any number of America I mean I know I do have a profile in America but there are any number of American actresses that could have played the part but he, he, he wanted me, but I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall at some of those meetings. Yeah. Well, I want this diminutive British actress to come and play this bad mama from North Dakota. <laughs> there
1: you go. It's, it's an obvious match to me, but that's because you are a chameleon. And we talked about that 100 years ago, that the, that the actors we admire are the chameleons, the ones who can transcend the self completely. And well, it's curious. also
4: more interesting, isn't it? I mean, look, I think there are brilliant actors around who are one-trick ponies, absolutely brilliant. But it isn't what gets me up in the morning. No, it
1: doesn't do it for me. I don't care. No. For it. I don't. I don't.
4: I don't want to be a personality actor. I don't just want to play a version of Leslie Manville. I mean, of course, there's times when I do jobs where. You, you know, it kind of feels closer to me in terms of physicality and voice and all of that. Of course, of course there is, but it, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not what I'm looking for. And really what interests me is that diversity. But again, you know, that is, I have Mike Lee to thank for that because, um, I mean, that was what was my light bulb moment, really, when I met him when I was, 22 or 23 and up until then honestly I just really played myself absolutely fine but and I didn't have a clue really either of what kind of actor I wanted to be I didn't really think about it very much I mean I'd been working doing all sorts of funny jobs and pantomime and a bit of presenting and all sorts of strange variations on 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 the general industry work. But then when I met him, I suppose the key thing was he 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 got me to play somebody that was a million miles from me. And I loved it. Of course you and I thought, right, this is what I can do. I you know I can. And then you know the next job I do with him, he gets me playing somebody the other end of the social spectrum entirely. And yeah. he, he kind of, uh, you know, peppered it around like that for me. So I never was getting typecast outside of my work with Mike because, you know, his work was very well um, viewed and, you know, you never had to kind of sell yourself in a Mikey project. Everybody was watching it. So I was, people were getting to see me do this great diversity of characters. So it's never
1: been something that's
4: been a problem in my entire
1: career, I have to say. Which is lovely. But I mean, I think the thing is, before that, one was hired to play oneself. Mm. You couldn't get a job playing outside type. type. Yeah. So it, it was a great gift to him and yeah. to you that oh you, you God, met each wow. other.
4: I, yeah. I owe him. I owe him so much.
1: Bless. bless. Um, now what are you working on at the moment? Because you, you keep talking about costume fittings and this, that and I think, but what is it? Is it a secret? Um, <laughs> no, well it's no secret I'm going to do Margaret
4: in The Crown. No,
1: we know that, that's oh, good. But
4: well, that's not till July, so um, I've started having some fittings for that. But I'm just about to go to, um, to Dublin for, a, I'm shooting an adaptation of an, an- Anthony Horowitz novel, called Magpie Murders. Oh yes, Um, I know
1: the novel, yeah.
4: Yeah, well I'm doing that, which is being, it's a US-UK co-production, six episodes. So I'm doing that um, and then I'm going to Prague for a month to do um, um, something for HBO. And then in July, I'll start The Crown. So So Margaret's ticking away now, you know. Is she, has she started?
1: Oh bless her yeah. Yeah I think she's poor woman she had a bad time she really she did. She really bad time I mean listen relatively speaking
4: I mean there was never po- poverty never entered her life let's face it she so never ran, ran out of chunky chips at midnight.
1: And not a lot of empathy either ever what? ever crept over the edge did it?
4: No but I mean yes it's, g- given that all pain is relative I mean she did have a sad, 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 especially in the, especially in the last two decades of her life, which is when I'm going to play her, so a lot of sadness and loneliness and, and ill health,
1: you know. Yes, which is no fun, no fun. <laughs> um, of the, the, this is, this is Nath, I know you, you're coming, is there a favourite movie?
4: Um,
1: well, I mean I go back to Grown Ups and I can't let go of it. It will never not be one of my absolute number one super hits but
4: yes no I was yes Grown Ups absolutely up there. Um I suppose another year was is it, brilliant I um, brilliant loved
1: playing Mary, Mary. And
4: I, I I I sometimes just think about Mary and I get quite sad because she absolutely feels like somebody else you know. Um so, that, and that film um, just means a lot to me. So that's important. Um, and Phantom Thread, really. I mean, getting up going to work with Paul Thomas Anderson every day was pretty good. Um, not to mention Daniel Day-Lewis, who's pretty good as well. You know, he can do it.
1: So he can do it, yeah. He's on he, the list.
4: He's on the list. 14 of the best weeks of my
1: career really just that was just lovely (laughs) that's lovely to know Um, that's lovely to know
3: do you have a question well so many questions and you know never know where to start with Leslie I'm I'm always a bit tongue-tied I think yeah Um, I'm a bit starstruck. so I've been enjoying I'm sort of generally
4: speaking would you like a gin and tonic's a good one
3: that's a good one, I'll remember that, thank you. This we know. <laughs> well, I was watching Harlots, I sort of, I always miss television series and then I then I can sort of gobble them up later. So I've been binging sort of on, on Harlots and I was, I just love it. Good, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant. Very good. It's very it's classy. Good. And just, you just so wonderful. And I guess one question I had, I was a few weeks ago and I said to you, I said, Leslie does Jensonian imagery. Do you think she does animals? I swear she's a cobra in that scene. I'm going to ask her next <laughs> time. Did you ever do anything like that? You know, animal sort of imagery or anything like no, that? Is no. she, what did you base her on? Or is there is there a kind of anything you can share with us about what you based her on? Because she's although she's 300 years ago or whatever, she's so think, palpably now.
4: I think the thing about that character was that... Um, um, I mean, they did write her very well for me. Um, uh, that I it, I found her quite theatrical, so it sort of suited me really. And you know, I don't shy away from playing her with with knobs on. You know, I really do go for it because it 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 lends itself to it. You know, it's not it's not it's not line of duty. It's it's harlots, and we're in that world, and it's big, and there's big sexy music, and there's women, and there's boobs, and there's bums, and there's fucking, and you know, it's a big, big, big show with a big landscape. So, I, you know, I, 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 I used to look. Like, we had some great all female directors, all female producers, all female writers. It was fantastic. Any men that were on set were probably there to just have their bottoms spanked in a scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember, just you know, you, you've got not a lot of time as ever. But the directors were great. They'd kind of just let me go in the room and just throw it all around in quite a theatrical way. And yes, you know that they might have to say because I hate it when directors on television go, well, "You're going to come in. You're going to stand over there. <laughs> and you're going to," and you just think, "Well, why don't you get a robot to do it then?" You know, don't. But so great on Harlots, they let me have the freedom to do it. And of course, you know, if they say, try and avoid the window because it's hard to shoot through that, of course, all of those things. But give actors the freedom to just play a scene and see what comes from that. Because nine times out of ten, if the actors are half decent, it solves the director's problems of how do we block this? How are we going to shoot it? You give them something and... um,
1: Anyway, yeah,
4: it, it, she was a fantastic character to play and just, I got it, I got it all out
1: with her. And I loved it and I loved the glamour, I loved the sheer glamour. Yes. Didn't you, somebody in the uh, magazine mentioned you got the award for the best wigs that week or something ridiculous. Oh, but okay. It was stunning, it was just, the costuming was lovely. It yeah, looked very real. Yeah, and I was very
4: glad when the BBC bought it because... Um, it had only been shown in the states, and um, it was a waste. Um, and I saw, I, I met up with a BBC exec, and he said, "Oh, I've been watching you today in Harlots." He said, "I think we're going to buy it." I said, "You really should buy it because it just it, it'll really do well." And and this was before COVID, so I'm just I, I think they're really pleased they did because it was one of the first things that got shown on COVID. So they had.
1: 24 episodes of this series to show. Wonderful. I'm going to hand over, I want to talk to you forever, but you know that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hand over to um, maybe take some questions from the audience. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, my darling.
0: Awesome. Thanks guys, that, that's so cool, so insightful. I mean, brilliant, really cool. If you're not familiar with uh, raising your hand virtually, that will be the best way to put yourself in the queue to comment or ask uh, a question. Yeah, we, if that's okay, we'll open it up, Leslie and Julia. Yes, of
4: course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Perfect. So um, I can see here Amy Forrest. So if you'd like to unmute yourself, Amy.
2: Hello. <laughs> um. Hello. <laughs> um uh, first of all, I just want to say... Um,
5: you're absolutely brilliant um Thank you're you. a phenomenal actress i i saw you in high in harlots actually and um i'd never really seen you in anything before leslie so i was just i just thought you were really brilliant and you had so much detail and i was just like you know it's brilliant brilliant Thank anyway you. um um so my question is so i heard you saying about margaret's ticking along so how do you what do you have a process to initially get find a character, or do you just literally just start to feed it in? How, what's your kind of process? Yes, it, well, it's no set um,
4: process, and of course, it depends who I'm playing. Now, with Margaret, obviously, it, there's so much to read, and uh, I can watch her endless pictures, endless footage, I can listen to her, so there's a lot of clues there, and you know, my responsibility to that role that I, because I've, I've been given it is obviously to represent her in whatever way is 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 as truthful as I can be what and of course once I've got the scripts once we have the scripts uh, to serve them um, but so in a way it's kind of um, I'm not using this word quite literally but it's kind of easier or the process is simpler because it's it's obvious what I've got to do I've got to read loads of stuff and find out about her and just understand what all of that was about but when you're on your own and you've got an original script or an original play and you've not nobody's played those parts before then um, you know again I suppose I mean like with Harlots for example I kind of had a real instinct of how to play her um, and I think more and more as I have got older, I trust my instinct a lot more. Um, uh, but, you know, I read some books, I was reading books about the Georgian, that period and prostitution in that time. And, you know, you can do all of that stuff that just is interesting anyway, and it's nice to do. But in terms of character, you know, it, it for me, it's kind of, I suppose I, it, it's a lifetime of, of, um, of just uh, observing, having your eyes open, and not leading a rarefied existence so that you suddenly don't understand what it's like to be somebody who um, lives a difficult life, who maybe hasn't got much money, who's got, you know, problem relations, all of this. It, it, it's just absorbing life. And I suppose that's that again comes from my the work with Mike, which is all about, you know, those characters that I've played for him are all representations of people that I either knew a little bit or hardly at all. And sometimes the characters were amalgamations of three or four people, and then you put them into a cocktail and then they make this person that becomes Mary in another year or whatever. Um, so I suppose it's, it's, I'm afraid I don't have a really great question, answer for you, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't lead a rarefied existence. I mean, obviously when I'm working, you know, you get looked after, you get picked up, you get driven to work because they don't trust us to get there on our own steam. But outside of all of that, you know, I, I take the bus, I take the tube, I take the train, I walk. I, I, you know, I and I'm. It, life's fascinating to observe, isn't it? People are fascinating, and subconsciously, I
1: suppose it all goes into the mix. Mm, brilliant.
2: Thank you. Yeah, that's well, really useful. Thank you.
0: Um, Kath Humphreys.
2: Hi, Leslie. It's lovely Hello. to to talk to you.
5: Um, I'm probably going to sound like I'm going back because I. I understand exactly what you were saying about the third person and the character work, but on one of these actor, um, actors on actors things I've been listening to, they were saying how difficult it is if you're from the UK to really live and work as an American, you know, for for us, woman. Did you live out in Dakota then to help you with your your latest film that you did out there? Or do you think that's a load of poppycock? <laughs> it's not
4: poppycock, but there just isn't the time. You know, I had, I was doing another job, and I got on a plane. I went to Calgary. We didn't even shoot it in North Dakota. We shot it in Canada, in Calgary. Oh wow! I went to Calgary. You know, they had to shoot me out because I had to get back for another job. Oh, I know. I was doing Harlots. I was in the middle of shooting Harlots, and because Harlots is a big ensemble piece you know they could they could they they very generously scheduled me out for three weeks and I so no I couldn't go and sit and no you I mean I worked with a brilliant dialect coach who's actually helping who works on the crown as well so yes and I worked with him I I, when lockdown happened last year I was doing a Tony Kushner play at the National called The Visit um and he helped me that was the first time I'd Oh, no, it's the second time I'd worked with him because I'd done, I'd done um Let Him Go. No, I mean, I just worked with a great dialect coach.
5: So in a way, it comes back to what you just said. You use your imagination from your life and everything you've absorbed. Yeah, I, I think you yeah.
4: do, really. I mean, people are people, whether they're, you know, humans are humans, aren't they? You know, I don't need to... Of course, it would have been great to say, well, I'm going to go to North Dakota for a month and live there and see what it's like. But in a way, it might not be that useful because the film was set in the late 50s. Yes, so, yes. You know, but I it, had this imagining of you there, you see. <laughs> I know. Well, I wouldn't have minded being there, but no, I wasn't. And it's not always possible. So you have to do what you can and um, work, work with the things that you can do. Thank so you. much of it is, you know, is in it, it. Well, thankfully, actors have an imagination, but it has to, you know, so much of it is
5: down to your imagination. Yes, mm. and the physicality you bring. Thank you yeah. for that. You're welcome,
6: uh, Christopher. <laughs> Hi, Leslie. Um, Hello. So I can't see him. Hello. I
4: can. Oh, there you are. Hello.
6: Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, it's so wonderful to meet you. Um, Thank you. I. I absolutely adored you in mum I thought that was a lovely series but I especially loved you in Phantom Fred um Paul Thomas Anderson he's one of my favorite directors of all time
3: yeah
6: um how was that how did that process come about working with with Paul oh, how was he wow. how, well?
4: how,
6: how was he in terms of uh, in terms of freedom and
4: well, he's he's yeah. very he, yeah he's very he's very um, big on the old freedom thing. He's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it came it came my way. Um, I'll be as quick as I can telling this story, but it's a nice one. I got a phone call from my agent saying Paul mm-hmm. Thomas Anderson wants to ring you tomorrow morning at eleven o'clock, and mm-hmm. I said what me,
1: Paul Thomas Anderson.
4: And she said, yes. She said, I've asked that if it can be a conference call, but he said, no, he just wants to talk to you. So I thought, well, this is exciting. I thought, well, I bet you won't call at 11. He'll probably call late or he won't remember and he won't call at all. Bang on the dot of 11 o'clock, he rings. And we have an amazing conversation. And he said, um, he said, well, look, I've got this script that I want to send you. Um, give it a read. and when you've got a minute, just call me back. <laughs> so kind of casual, you know, when you've got a minute. Um, but anyway, that's just a little, that's just a little insider bit of gossip there. So, so that was how it came about. And that was about eight months, seven, eight months before we was going to start to shoot it. He, he writes the scripts, as you know, he writes all his films. Yeah. They're very sparsely written. He doesn't write stage directions. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, sparse read. Um, but I loved that. Oh, and he he completely, I mean, we met up, we'd go out, we'd have fun, we'd do things, we'd go out with Daniel, the three of us. Never talked about the script, he just leaves you, he just thinks, well I've got Daniel Day-Lewis, Leslie Mantle, Vicky mm-hmm. Creeps, just leave them alone. And then you get on set and Months and months and months of prep, of design and costumes and all of that. But then you get on set and still he's not really saying anything. You think, Christ, yeah. okay. But of course I've been sitting on it for eight months and something's happened, you know, something's been yeah. manvilled, I guess, or, and Daniel day Lewis and all of that. And then once you start doing it, once he sees what the seeds of what you're doing, He then gets completely fired up and then he's firing on all cylinders and then and then you're off. It's true collaboration. But he absolutely works with you. I mean, completely works with you. He spots little things that you do. Um, And I mean, I remember I was um, the character Cyril, she takes her glasses off and I took them off once and straightened my hair. Just because sometimes when you take glasses off, your hair can end up, you know,
6: yeah, yeah. that
4: because you've taken your glasses off. And he said, "I love that. I love that." He said, "Every, do it, let's do it. Take your glasses off and just do that." He said, "It's brilliant." And and slowly, this kind of neat, very kind of oppressed yeah. but warm character of Cyril came came through. Oh,
6: wonderful!
4: But it kind of all grew very slowly and but you know with 14 weeks to shoot nobody's mm-hmm. rushing,
1: and it's
6: really i just brilliant. find that attention to the detail just so attractive especially as an actor because it just allows you just to cement yourself into that world just that little bit further
2: yeah
6: and just the, the results on on screen just it still blows my mind the attention and the
4: first scene that i shot which isn't the first scene mm-hmm. in the film but the first scene that i shot on that we shot for five days and then we, it, I, I said to him, it's a shame I'd really love to reshoot that scene because it was my first scene and I just didn't, you know, you always want to go back. He said, oh, it's fine, we're going to reshoot it anyway. Because oh. this, he wasn't happy with the light and we weren't happy with my costume and blah, 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 blah. Five days of shooting and then we just reshot it.
6: Fantastic. <laughs> well, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I lose my words really because it's just, um, I, I just live for that—that that attention to detail, really. If they can just give you that bit more, and just it just allows you just to—it uh, just yeah. He's a master. I mean, I,
4: yeah. he, he is worth. He is worth. When I knew I was doing it, I'd seen all his films, but I went back and chronologically rock, watched his entire uh, mm-hmm. retrospective of films. It's you won't—you can't go
3: wrong. Uh, Georgina. <clears throat>
0: oh no, Kathleen. Sorry, Kathleen.
3: Thank you, Ms. Manville, for spending time. I'm here from New York. Oh, hello. Um, hello. Um, a qu- quick question about um, when you were preparing Mrs. Alving uh, in Ghosts. Oh, yeah. Um, is there something that occurred to you during your rehearsal process that might have um, surprised you about the character? Or eh, once you were in front of an audience, did, did the character reveal itself in any different way than you expected?
4: Um, Um, Well, again, a brilliant director was Richard Eyre directing, who, of course, is, you know, one of the giants of of stage directing and film, but particularly stage. Um, I sort of wanted to make, uh, I wanted to, Richard had done um, a a version of the play, and that's not to say that he removed it far from Ibsen at all. Um, You could hardly see the difference, but he just made it a bit more speakable a bit less dry. I mean, Ibsen does feel, can feel a bit dry at times and a bit hard to say. Uh, So I I sort of wanted to make her quite, um, this is a very general word and it's not probably quite the right word, but I wanted to make her a bit racy. You know, I wanted to get her out of the kind of metaphorical corset a bit, that she was somebody, you know, her relationship, her need and desire for the pastor was really burning and I wanted, I wanted the audience to feel the heat of her, her longing for him. You know, there was this, this still very um, alive and vital woman who was aching for this man still after these decades. So I wanted to, um, I wanted to break the mold on that a bit. Um, but also, I remember there were certain, I can't remember the lines now, but there were certain lines where Mrs. Alving talks about um, how awful her husband had been, who, who had died. And I used to hear women in the audience gasping, oh,
3: wonderful.
4: And, I, and, and that didn't happen just once or twice, that happened a lot. I can't remember, there was this juicy, brilliant line where I said something about the horrors of this husband. And I and often I just hear women go. Oh. And you just thought that poor woman, they're probably going through that, you know. So yeah. brilliant play, one of my favourite plays, just brilliant. And we and it it was nothing about it was not relevant for the for the for the time that we're in now. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Um, Penelope.
2: Hello. Hello. Um, I came to see you at the um, Bridge Theatre in Talking Heads. Oh, did you? Yeah, and that was the first time I've ever seen you. You're fucking phenomenal. My question is, um, you say you race in rehearsals in theatre, so you, you say you're always ahead. Do you feel when you're on a run that because of the in depth work you already do before you get into the first rehearsal room, that that then you have pure joy from from the, the say the opening night for the entire of that run. Yeah, because it's it's foundations.
4: You know, you lay good foundations, and you can have, you can have nights where you come off stage and you think, I didn't quite hit that hit the ground running tonight in a way that I normally do, or the audience were a bit, and I felt a bit this. But you're, you know, you're talking about gradations of, you know, that much because your mm. foundations are solid, and mm. um, therefore, you know, you can wave around and um, go off piste a bit, and it doesn't matter because your roots are so good. Mm. Um, but I suppose I, I, I kind of steam ahead because I'm like that as a person, you know. I, 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 um, I, I'm, I love. And I love multitasking. I mean, you know, I brought my son up practically on my own and still kept my career going. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's doable, but you, mm-hmm. you just have to um, uh, allocate your time and be strict about it. And, um, but, it, yeah, I, I like getting to work repair, prepared. It makes me, it's the buzz. I like to, to get going on it. You know, I don't, mm. I don't want to walk around the rehearsal room navel gazing with the script in my hand for three weeks. Mm. I want to get the script down and I want to get everything going, nothing in my hands so that I can actually start doing it.
2: And can I ask you, So I'll be quick, Charlie. So like when you're in a run, because your work was so effortless for me as an actor looking at your work, I'm like, that's where I want to be. Your work is so like seamless. Do you feel that that, as you said earlier, the years of your of you steadily working, 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 so now you are trusting you your instrument, so you have more to be able to manoeuvre and play, or do you think it's a mixture of that experience with the work? I mean, do you feel like you are you're up, Do you feel like you're on stage and the work you're producing is effortless because that's what it looked like? Well, I mean, it, it it's
1: it. Mm.
4: It's not effortless, but it's once I've got there, once I know what I'm doing, once I've got the performance, um, there is an ease. I wouldn't say effortless, but there's an ease with it. But that's to do with something else. And I honestly think that so much of what I can do now and a lot of my peers of my age can do now and younger people too, it's to do with confidence you know i've right. got i've got confidence and in a way i think that's that's why i can go into a rehearsal room and and quite early in the rehearsal room i can just get up and start doing it because i don't care i don't care if i get it wrong or the accents all over the place or i look like a twat i just want to mm. get on and start doing it but uh, and i know that that's because us i know that some of some other actors might feel oh, I don't want to put the script down because then I'm vulnerable and I don't want to start really performing it because, and and I used to be like that. I, I did, I used to be, want all the comfort blankets around me, mm-hmm. but I'm not bothered about the comfort blankets anymore. And I know that that's because I'm just confident.
2: Thank you. You're um,
0: welcome.
4: Thank you for the thumbs up as well about Bed Among the Lentils. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, Leslie, how are you doing? Can we? Um... Let's do a few more questions. All right. So, look, I'm going to go.
4: Only if my butler's not bringing me a gin and tonic. <laughs> Where's the butler when you need them? <laughs>
0: um, all right, great. Well, look, I'm going to go to James, then Georgina, then Joe. All right. So, James okay. first. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for giving us your time this evening. That's all right. Uh, My question is, um, I love being in the rehearsal room and watching other actors working. Is there something that you can pinpoint from your career, either stage or screen, where you watching another actor and you thought that work there, there's something about that. I need to learn what they're doing there.
4: Yeah, I remember watching, I did a production of um, The Cherry Orchard. Um, I was about 34, I think. Um, it was one of Sam Mendes' first jobs. He was about 22. Um, and it was with Judy Dench in the West End. And Judy must have been in her 50s. And I would watch her, and I'd, I'd watch her rehearsing, and I'd watch her do something that was. You know, I'd watch her in a little moment and I'd think, God, that's so brilliant. That moment, that thing she's just done is so brilliant. And then, and in my head, thinking, well, she's nailed it. She's got it. She's worked that bit out. And then I'd watch her do it again the next day. It's as if she'd completely forgotten what she did the day. She'd do it completely differently, equally brilliant, but just completely different. And that, I remember, was a really good moment because I just thought, oh, I see. You don't need to find the moment and then just settle that that's all that moment can ever be. You can then just, I guess if you're understanding where that character is in their head at that moment in time, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: you can take that moment and it can go anywhere. It could be, you know, it could be a very funny moment in one performance and then a tragic moment in another. Yeah. But that was a really good, really good lesson that, that I learned watching her. And of course, and she's she's such a good lesson watching her anyway, because she brings warmth and niceness. I cannot bear working with difficult people. It's unnecessary. Mm. Go home and be difficult to whoever you live with, but don't come in here and put it all on us. <laughs> you know, we don't need it. Anyway, I've digressed.
0: <laughs> thank you so much, Leslie, thank you. Uh, Georgina.
2: Hi, thank you so much for staying a little bit longer. Um, uh, yeah, my question is really quick actually. It's, I mean, I've loved listening the whole <laughs> evening to everything you're saying and I'm quickly writing lots of notes, but I, I just wanted to ask what your advice would be to someone at the beginning of their career and, and uh, and how important the relationship is with your agent and, and getting an audition in the first place, I, I guess, is what I want to ask.
4: Gosh, well, I f- my heart goes out to you because I really think, you know, when I was young, it was so different. You know, you got in the room, you rehearsed scenes, you directors directed you, you kind of knew where you were. And I think it's really hard for you now. Um, I think that Try and always look to the long view. Um, Any theater you get asked to do, do it because it's where you'll learn the most, even if it's with a rubbish director, because you'll learn to stand on your own two feet because when that curtain goes up and the play begins, it's down to you and the other actors and nobody's gonna step in and bail you out. So any theater you can do, do it. Yes, try and get a decent agent because um, you, you need good you need good advice but the trouble is it's a bit of a catch-22 situation. you know you'll, when you get a good job that really profiles you and shows you off, then you'll get a you'll have agents wanting you. until then you've got to go out and try and Find one, and it can be difficult. And also, a lot of them are looking to make a buck if they think that somebody's, you know, got something that they can sell easier. Um, but try and have a view, a, a view of where you want to go, and you know, avoid career by tweet and Instagram. And it's it let the work speak for itself. You know, when you get a job, let the work speak for itself. I know everyone urges everyone to self-publicise and all of that, but I frankly find it very vulgar. I, I and I don't. I think it's demeaning. You know, do the just do the work, and if it's good work, it, you'll get spotted.
5: Wonderful to listen to. Thank you so much, Leslie.
0: Yeah. Great. So, Joe, over to you next. Uh, yeah, my question was just about how you um, would you give any advice to actors who are trying to adjust to Zoom, or and how oh, sorry how one would go about doing that. And by the way, I uh, loved hearing the Q and A. Uh, oh, good,
5: uh, good. Right,
0: it's been
4: brilliant. Pretty- Joe, it's really hard because I have to say I'm sorry to say this, but there's no other way of saying it. I don't have to audition anymore. I know that's terrible, and you probably hate me now.
3: No, of course not. But
4: I'm not the best person to ask about Zoom auditions because I don't have to do them, sorry. Yeah,
3: <laughs> no problem, no problem at all.
4: Um, except I feel for you. I'd get you in the room. I'd say, I, you know, come in with a mask even. Come in with your mask. I'll put a mask on. We'll keep all the windows open, but come in.
3: <laughs> because, yeah.
4: no, you know, it's it's there's no substitute for having a one-to-one with somebody Um, yeah so it's very I think I think there is a feeling though that you know enough enough is enough with the whole zoom thing so I'm hoping once everybody's inoculated and life returns to some normality I've got a feeling that casting directors and directors will start wanting to get people back in the room again because it really is the only way it really is I mean even when I'm doing press, I mean obviously the last year and a half, all the press I've had to do has been on Zoom. It's just not the same as being physically in a room with um, a journalist even.
0: Yeah, nothing really beats being with other cast members, does it? So no,
4: it really doesn't because you just don't know where where the where it'll where it'll go because you know, we're humans and we need to relate and and um, and that and over and above lo- lots of other professions. That's all our one is about, you know,
5: re-
1: relating to other people and also depicting other people. So I'm jumping yeah. in because, Joe, you know, you are that good and you are quite capable of growing into something amazing. Yeah. And the one thing I'm taking away from Leslie, because, you know, mm-hmm. it must be sure you work hard enough. Yeah. Yes. That's the yes. task in hand, baby. And then there's no reason why you can't grow into this marvelous actor that you, you should become. Yeah. Sorry, Leslie, he's one of my favorites. I have to jump in. <laughs> you Thank can't you.
3: can't
2: have
1: favorites, do you? <laughs> oh yes, I can. The ones I direct and are brilliant, I can. I can. <laughs>
0: um, can we, uh, just one final last question if that's okay, Leslie from yes. Sarah. Sarah Chard, if you'd like to. Oh yes, Sarah Chard,
1: Char, definitely. Who is she?
0: She's probably Sarah having.
2: Oh, Sarah.
0: Can you unmute yourself, Sarah? I'll <laughs> give you the option. There you go. It's
5: this. It's this age thing. I don't know. Just had a very big birthday again. Hello. But Anyway, um, it's lovely. I mean, I'm really thrilled. I'm loving it, and thank you, Leslie. I think it's wonderful. Um, um, What I've been sitting here thinking about, listening to you all, Um, um, but but I think this was really exciting. Can you see things that you could do with this whole medium doing this? I think it's brilliant.
4: What, Zoom? You think Zoom's brilliant?
5: Well, I, I I think there are things creatively. I don't know whether you all get together or, you know, what you could do on the back of this. There's a great play to be written on the back of this. Um, I don't know. Look at, and I was thinking as this was going, I thought that this would be a great piece of theatre. I could watch this. <laughs>
4: I don't want to watch plays on a screen. I just no. don't. I really don't. I'm. So, I mean, that's just. No, a- I agree. But but don't you think? But what do you think young people can
5: do in the meantime?
4: Oh well, whatever. If you've
5: got two more years of a young life. What what are you going to do?
4: well obviously do whatever they can and if it does involve doing a play on a screen i'm just talking personally yeah. i don't like i don't like watching them i don't particularly like the mm-hmm. the nt lives you know because and i've i've done uh, we did ghosts which we filmed for um similar thing and i didn't like it because mm-hmm. you're playing to an audience yeah then you've got the camera here. You know, it just doesn't work. They're two different mediums. And, you know, obviously when I'm doing a play, there's a huge difference between that performance and if I was doing the same performance for a camera. Yeah, yeah. But listen, it it needs must at the moment and people need to...
1: um, yeah
5: need to keep and i I love the work ethic thing as well i suppose it's keep writing out to agents isn't it and keep writing out to people and and, yes
4: you know and we are going to come out the other side of this i I feel for young people who are losing you know have lost already nearly a year of their potential careers and they could lose a bit more but um Mm. we are going to come out the other side of it and you want to be absolutely up and running and ready when we do
0: yeah
5: yeah thank you
0: yeah so um look um thank you very much leslie that was awesome it's such an honor to have you on I'm going oh, to pass over thank to you, you for your
4: kind words charlie as well at the beginning
0: oh it's all it's all it's all true i mean gosh it's such an <laughs> honor to have you really um thank i really appreciate you, you and your work i'm going to pass over to juliet now and um, don't go anywhere because um after um, we say goodbye to Leslie, Julia will uh, continue for about another forty-five minutes. So over to you guys, just to say bye. Over to you, Julia, just to say bye to Leslie.
1: Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you so much. It's just lovely to just see you and hear you, and you've been so generous with your time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, and
4: also, Julia, can I say that it's no mean feat. You know, it it, it is it is um down to you also in those in those very early days at Italia Conti that you got me first interested in acting. So, you know, I might have been dancing around in in pantomime still, if you hadn't have actually got me to do a bit of acting. So there you go. Well, you'd have danced around beautifully,
2: so it's all right.
4: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for inviting me. And it's always nice to talk about acting. It does remind us, doesn't it, that it's what we do. So it's been really lovely to talk to you all. And uh, yeah, just keep doing it in whichever way you can. And um, if Julie is your teacher, just listen to her. You won't go wrong.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much.